questions today about your practice? I'm going to forget the first one or two. <laughs> let me let me let me let me get the first one. I, I think I can remember that one. <laughs> no, I can't. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> this is not uh, particular to you, but uh, this is quite a common um, experience where people do retreats. They see the benefit. They get. Uh, both uh, state-specific um, content and their life changes uh, gradually over many years of doing that, but in some ways they see that their life is really not very consistently uh, a dharma focal. I, <coughs> I, I call this dharma binging. <laughs> you know, you. You know, you come to a retreat, you get a just kind of massive dose of Dharma for five days a week or nine days or whatever, and you get a big binge, <coughs> a big meal of Dharma, and you go home and you gradually digest it, and after some time, depending on you and your lifestyle, you know, a week later, a month later, six months later, you need another hit. And you go get another binge. and. <coughs> But even then, we can see that there's some change, some growth in over, over the course of time. We're going to speak more about uh, the taking the practice home this afternoon. But um, we should not mistake intensive retreats and the kind of experience you have on intensive retreat as the fullness of Dharma understanding. It really is uh, required that we gradually uh, transform our life to a Dharma lifestyle, what I call a Dharma lifestyle. And that is um, really keeping, keeping uh, practice of non-harming and other wholesome qualities of mind uppermost in your mind as something to work towards when we repeatedly see our default setting is something else. And that takes, it just takes 
um, frequent reminding, frequent uh, trying again, and just uh, trying to transplant the seed of Dharma understanding into your life. Uh, there's only so much that we can do as far as dramatic changes in our life to, to shift from the way we're going to Dharma lifestyle. There's very few of us that can take and say, you know what, I'm giving up my job, I'm giving up my family, I'm moving away, I'm going to Asia, goodbye. Or even if you don't go to Asia, I'm going in retreat for the rest of my life. That's, that's not really what it's about. It's about taking the, the understanding that you gain from practice, the value of integrity, awareness, letting go, uh, development of balanced, equanimous mind, taking these understandings and really working to plant them in your life in, a, in an ongoing way. Uh, in a way, it's a little fortunate and unfortunate that mindfulness practice has come to us through the mechanism or the format of intensive retreat because it's clear that on a week-long or nine-day retreat, you, you, get a pretty, you get a strong hit of what awareness is. And a one nine-day retreat can really change your life because you see the power of concentration. You see what a concentrated mind can do. In some ways, everybody should be allowed that one good experience and then go home and work on it for 20 years, you know, and, and, and to try to bring that kind of awareness into your life. But um, it's good to get that cle clear hit of, oh, this is what concentration and wisdom is about. Boom. And try to work with it. We'll speak more about it this afternoon. Okay. Yeah. Is there, is there another? Any other questions? <laughs> about noting, like I, and I see because I work with uh, physical sensation a lot. And so when there's the experience of um, discomfort, is the thing to be noting the quality of it, like burning, stretching, you know, tingling, numbness, da-da-da, whatever, but to stay away from actually unpleasant or to be aware of also the feeling tone of the sensation as well as the quality of it. Um, so the question, as you all underheard, heard, is about uh, physical sensations. Actually, both those and one more. We, uh, unpleasant physical sensations calling your attention, yes, acknowledge that it's unpleasant. And as a way of steadying your attention and kind of relaxing your reaction to it and just kind of opening to it, you know, just to, to identify, oh, is this pressure, is this hardness, is stretching, twisting? You know, and, and sometimes it can just, with that degree of curiosity, that kind of scientific curiosity, you can really, you can just drop into really intense and unpleasant f experience without being averse to it. That's the third piece that you want to watch, is what is your relationship to this experience? Is it one of, I can barely tolerate this, but I will? Or is it one of like, ah, get me out of here. I hate this thing. Or is it, huh, okay, let me just relax. I wonder what's going on here. Huh, let me just feel, 
you know, a kind of a curious, encouraging, inviting to come to know it a little better. So it's in the relationship to that experience that we're either going to suffer or be at ease. It seems like there's a really thin line between um, being able to do that and getting entangled. And like there's a little point where you make a choice, where I sort of can discern a choice about that. Sure. But it's very um, delicate. Yeah, there, there is an, uh, there's often an ongoing monologue in the mind, uh, you know, can I, do I want to, can I get closer to this thing? Ooh, it's so painful, but I, oh, okay, you know, but is it, uh, you know, and we're just kind of approaching it, uh, you know, approach, avoid, approach, avoid, mm-hmm. you know, and we kind of, in times, we're just, we're just playing with it. Now, as long as there's the mental energy to play with it, to kind of approach, avoid, approach, avoid, and watch your mind and, and get closer and, as long as you've got that kind of energy, you're doing fine. It's when you, it's when the mind just goes, you know, just kind of flattens out, and your your energy drops, and you just get into enduring mode. Not useful. Not useful. We can endure. We, you can learn to endure in a dull mind, excruciating pain, and you know, blow out your knees and blow out your back and and regret it for the rest of your. Dharma practice, but okay, it takes some sensitivity. This is a follow-up. What, what about the mental set, which is happening for me a lot, of um, this is not me. This is not me. You know, there, there, there is the kind of practice, I mean, and, and you can read it in the text, it just says, ignore it. Just ignore it. Just go back to the breath. Or go back to your primary object. Just further strengthen your attention, continuity of your attention on that. There'll be times when it will it'll erupt and it'll call your attention and, and you want to no- take note of it again, but you don't have to kind of stay with it and kind of go boring into it, you know. And the boring into it to try to see what's in there is, we have to be a little bit careful about that. If it's done with an attitude of, I'm going to get that sucker, (laughs) you know, it's like, wrong attitude. You know, it's just like, I'm going to get in there and I'm going to plant a nuke and just kind of nuke it. No, 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 not good. Wrong attitude. So, but there is a time and place for, you know, just say, you know, this thing's just kind of gnawing away, and you just say, back to the breath. Now, why do we do that? The, the short answer is, the level of collectedness of the mind, the level of concentration, concentratedness of the mind, can only see to that depth of that discomfort. Can't see, can't see anymore. But if you go back to the breath, and you're with the breath, or you're with other things, and you strengthen even more your collectedness, concentration of mind, and it calls your attention back, with a greater concentration, you'll see more. You'll see, you'll see through it. You'll understand. Potentially, you'll understand it much differently. So there's a value in just strengthening your concentration, collectedness, in order to do that. I just wanted to remind you yes. 
lifeless one. Yeah. In 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 comment on both Tam's and, and your question is and and yours also in taking um, uh, making a lifestyle of Dharma lifestyle. There has grown up in the Sangha and in many of our minds that it's awareness that you need to cultivate, and that's it. And awareness is great. Awareness is essential, but awareness alone is not enough. It's really, how do you understand what it is you're aware of? So, Tam can have this uh, 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 knee pain, and it's calling her attention, and she goes to it, and she's, she's, she's aware of what's going on there, for example. This is just for example. For example, she's aware of what's going on there, and she's aware of the texture of it, and she's aware of her relationship to it, and et cetera, et cetera. And she always hangs on to the belief, this is my knee. It, she can be aware of what's going on there, but in the background is the misunderstanding. This is my knee, and it's killing me. But I'm still watching it, just aware of it. But this, this assumption that it's mine never gets seen. Never gets seen. So there's a value in... in even hearing what the Buddha said to, in, in, in his second discourse to, to, to students, he said, you should consider you know, the physical experiences of the body, the mental experiences of the mind, mental activities of the mind, as not me, not mine, not who I am. Huh, not me, not my. Well, that is so counterintuitive to our direct experiences. Like, it's my knee. What do you mean, not mine, not me, not who I am? That's my knee. And so we have to use that instruction with a little bit of care and precision. You know, it's just hold the possibility in the mind that, oh, there's a way of being aware of this area of the body and what's going on there, and really understanding deeply, experientially. It's not me. It's not mine. It's, it's happening. There's an awareness of it. There's an appearance in the mind that is being known. And I'm not tortured by it, huh? What? what there, there's, there's, you know, there's quite a spectrum of mental terrain between this is my knee and it's killing me, and I'll put up with it. To awareness of intense, unpleasant, but yeah. well, there's a lot of mental terrain there, and it's the terrain of understanding. How do we understand this phenomena? And, of course, our usual conditioning, our, our usual human cultural conditioning is, this is me, mine, who I am, and we're very identified with it. So it's important that you hear the teachings that, not me, not mine, not who I am, but not try to overlay that on the experience, but just let that possibility support your awareness and understanding as you look at and investigate phenomena. Mm. In a really visceral way, like I didn't have those things before. Mm. Um, and so not really sure what I'm doing the right thing with it. Like I so I'll note them and I'm intrigued by them because I'm like like learning stuff, but you know, there's things there that I hadn't thought of 
noting them and watching them and trying to disengage from them. Yes. But then kind of like just kind of bouncing back from that. And then, but on top of that, just getting this like, is this, is this bad? Okay. <laughs> when you say a visceral way that you're feeling, you're, you're having memories and you're feeling them viscerally, what, what, what do you mean by that? What do you, ex what do you directly, what do you experience? Uh, this happens, you know, when memory, which is a function of perception, recalls something. Because of your increased awareness, because of your increased mindfulness, and its quality of not putting a spin on anything and just cutting through all the spin and seeing things as they truly are or were, sometimes, uh, as I've acknowledged in the past, we can recover memories and feel them for the first time, never having experienced it quite like that. We, didn't, we weren't aware at the time it was happening, but the mind was registering it. The mind was registering all that was going on. There was just no awareness of it. Now there's awareness revisiting that memory, and it feels physically, it feels emotionally, it sees... Uh, Visually, it hears audibly things that you were not aware of at that time. Yeah. So, in the process of this happening, as it comes up, you, you, you still practice your awareness on those experiences as if they were happening right now, because they are happening right now. They're not just a kind of a mental construct. It's like you're feeling it in the body. You're feeling it. You're seeing it. So, just keep noting it that way. Uh, that's the uh, one way. The other thing is when you have the question, am I doing this right? Should I be doing this? Is, you know, is, is this okay? Or Just note that as doubt or wondering. Don't, don't, don't forget, because that's how, that's how the mind is, something's happening that you're aware of. The mind is relating to it with questioning, confusion, doubt, should I, shouldn't I? Uh, so we want to catch that, but then we also want to notice what's, what's going on.